Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. It's 10.15 p.m. in a nuclear sea vent deep below the Pacific Ocean. And you're listening to Night Call. Welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. My name is Emily Yoshida. I am in New York, and with me, as always, on the other line, I have Molly Lambert and Tess Lynch. Hello. Hello. What's up? Um, Apparently, the world or civilization is coming to an end by 2050. This is not on our news, but this (laughs) is news to me just now. (laughs) This is breaking news. Breaking news. Um, The end is in sight. Civilization will probably come to an end by 2050 because, like, climate change. I plan to also come to an end by 2050, (laughs) so all good, all good. It doesn't say definitively. It says probably. This is a a Vice article. This is Vice who's giving us this report. I will say I also haven't read the article yet. Uh, (laughs) I have just seen it tweeted a million times, but Mm -hmm. I'm speculating that it's about climate change uh, refugees and stuff and how we will have used yeah. all the resources of the earth at a certain point and then people will turn on each other as yeah. they have already been doing. <laughs> now that we're kind of starting to get some perspective dates of like worst case scenario when everything's going to go to shit, I'm, I'm sort of bummed out that I'm going to be in my 60s for it. I kind of wish I was like a little more... 
I don't know. You were a young person for the apocalypse? No, old? Older? Well, just so that older. I could, like, outrun people and stuff. <laughs> outrun the beavers. Um, I'm oh, going to be not, toast really quickly. Not my fantasy. Not my fantasy <laughs> at all. Survivalism fantasies are not my fantasy because I'm like, I would go limp and be the first to die. No, you wouldn't. You're <laughs> yes, very... You're yeah, you don't give yourself enough credit. Yeah. You know, that is true. And I actually am in dangerous scenarios. I always, like, summon inner pluck. You do? Yeah. It's because you're a redhead. Uh, yeah, it's one of your I guess. trademarks. Stereotyping, <laughs> but also true. Yep. Um, well, just our- to clarify, this Vice report um, says new, the the headline is new report suggests quote high likelihood of human civilization coming to an end in 2050, and it Define was written by high. it's yeah a former <laughs> fossil fuel executive, and it was also backed by the former chief of Australia's military. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, about that these sounds Australians bad. Men. Yeah, it's backed by the Australian military. Maybe they're trying to foment <laughs> fear. Yeah. Could be. Well, because Australians are racist as hell, or not to generalize, some of them aren't. But Australia as a country is like America in a turned up a notch. Yeah, just like America in a America in a weirdy mirror. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the same, but with different animals and uh, <laughs> types of you know. It's like America, but different animals. That's a really, really good way to sum up Australia. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's 100%. And also redheads are plucky and like we're just – we're a totally (laughs) straightforward science podcast now. Mm -hmm. No. Well, speaking of science, I wanted to give some real science about why does the moon keep flashing us? This is an article from Live Science. Gassy flashes. Gassy flashes. There's something flashing us on the moon, and we don't know what it is. We have known about the mysterious flashes since at least the late 1960s. Small regions of the lunar surface would suddenly get brighter or darker without obvious explanations. The scientists survey of the flashes and dimming, which they called lunar transient phenomena, uh, and they have emitted light that is usually described as reddish or pinkish, sometimes with a sparkling or flowing appearance. The average duration of an event is some 20 minutes, but it may persist intermittently. It's like a little kombucha burp. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently there's a new telescope. Scientists have been trying to figure out why this happens for five decades since they were first discovered in the 60s. But they are now known to happen a few times a week. And a new team of astronomers has a new telescope in Spain specifically to find out why. It might be related to the moonquakes that we were talking about last week. This is mm-hmm. so weird. I was just reading about earthquakes because there I, were some yeah. earthquakes in the Inland Empire. There were like 30 little earthquakes. and I In was Riverside like, last in night. In Riverside. Yeah. yeah and I Could was you like, feel them? I felt one. No, I'm just like, we're overdue, obviously. I mean, maybe I'm crazy. I... It was apparently they were very small. I shouldn't have been able to feel them in Los Angeles. But at a, but both my husband and I were like, earthquake. And then I checked Twitter and I was like, yes, there is an earthquake. Well, I was reading was about Riverside. I was reading about earthquake weather, which is like a mm-hmm. sort of pseudoscientific phenomenon where people predict earthquakes because they're like, oh, the weather is weird. There's going to be hmm. an earthquake. It's totally not scientific. It doesn't, it's never been proven. It doesn't really work. <laughs> There's nothing you can really use to predict an earthquake like far in advance. It's but but not far in advance. Not animal far behavior in advance. is a good yeah. predictor. Animal behavior, but also animals act weird all the time. So yes. it's hard to distinguish. Makes you very paranoid. But they sometimes it's like they hide under the bed. That's my mm-hmm. experience. Is it's like they get weird and they start hiding, and you're like, where what's up with the animals? And then there's an earthquake, and you're like, that's what was up. But 
I was reading about another phenomenon called earthquake light, which mm-hmm. is real. Yeah. Which has been noticed when there's an earthquake. There's like a like a phenomenon, a light oh, phenomenon yeah. that's described as being like colored light. It sounds just like this. But it, where can you see it in the sky or is it like, yeah. is it like the earth? It's like a aurora type thing, It's right? like an aurora you can what? see over the, yeah, in the sky during an earthquake, supposedly. Uh, this sounds just like that. Maybe this is like a moonquake. That is very interesting. Oh, Molly, good hypothesis. That's really good. Thanks, guys. We if should you take actually, this to the scientific community. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> if you actually know any science about the moon, more science about it. We should have uh, some scientists on this a podcast. Moon expert. A moon yeah, expert. A moon, yeah, a moonologist, a, lun- a moon- <laughs> lunarian my friend, My friend Emma Cunningham explained the Northern Lights to me, mm-hmm. uh, and it, like, I couldn't understand it at all. But yeah, I that, love the Northern Lights. It's I so like cool. About the Northern, Northern Lights. It's one of those things where it's like, oh. even when you have it explained, it doesn't make it any less cool or weird or magical. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, that is the Moon Minute. <laughs> well, just to dip back into the apocalypse real quick, or like, I guess maybe both the moon and Earth are currently going through it right now. Sorry, I just have a really bad joke I have to do right now. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's going through moonopause. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Those podcast flashes. Yeah, that's That's why we're here today. Okay. (laughs) Um, I was going down a rabbit hole for completely separate, but also night call related reasons, I now realize. And I discovered this is not at all news, but I just wanted to share it with everybody. Um, I became aware of the Florida Dome Homes. You can look them up. They are officially called the Cape Romano Dome Homes. They're uh, somewhere off the. They're off the coast now. They are off the coast of Florida. They were originally on the beach, but thanks to a couple of um, hurricanes and some uh, some of that good old uh, glacier melt, they are now in the water. Well, wait. Technically, it's one home, but it's six domes that are connected into one house. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a dome home. It's yeah. a dome home, singular. But there's many domes. I should say domes home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, they, uh, so I would highly recommend a Google image search of these. They now just like look like these sort of rickety, about to fall over. They kind of look like uh, like that Greek style of like adobe dome. They're really cool. On stilts. The, the guy who built them built them to be completely self-sufficient. So they were like very ahead of their times. This is like in the I think in the early 80s, maybe he started to build them. Yes. Bob. Bob Lee is the guy's Bob name. Bob Lee. Yeah. I couldn't get I it. don't think these are featured, but there's a movie that I really love called Home Movie. It's a documentary made by the people who made American Movie. Yes. It's like oh. the movie they made right afterwards. And it's just going to a bunch of people who built weird or unusual homes and interviewing yeah. them about Ooh. it. And they're all really cool. And this one isn't in it, but there's somebody else who has kind of like a UFO house that's kind of Ooh. a similar, kind of like proto mm-hmm. solar panel. Yeah. Really cool. There are photos in this. We'll link to this um, Dwell article about it. But it has some photos of the inside of the house when it was still functional and when uh, Bob Lee's family lived there. And it looks really nice. It looks oh, so yeah. chill. Yeah. Total night call headquarters. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like these tiled floors. It looks very Mediterranean. But it's like, you know, all the rooms are round, obviously. And you've got these like, you know, 360 degree views of the water. And you're in Florida and everything kind of looks hazy and pink. And it looks great. Uh, and now they are kind of these abandoned little, they look like if jellyfish could have fossils, they look <laughs> yes. like that. 
Totally. If jellyfish had bones. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If jellyfish had bones. Oh my god, imagine if jellyfish life. had bones. That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'd be jellyfish anymore, honestly. When jellyfish um, have bones, it's over for us bitches. You know, I they they will be here long after because they are the oldest. I know. They shall be the first and last. I saw a really good video recently of um, a comb jellyfish eating another comb jellyfish, just like bumping up against one and then be like, oh, like <laughs> I, I encountered something else in my environment. I will eat it. It was like, it me. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I would, uh, yeah, check out the dome, the dome home. It is, uh, it is super cool. Uh, I, I wish that it was anywhere near salvageable because I would totally be putting in. Uh, a bid for it to be our night call headquarters, but I think it's just, uh, you just have to let it go out to sea. Well, there was an interesting thing at the end about how they tried to raise money to sink it and make it an artificial reef. So when we get our gill transplants and we can breathe underwater. I'm wondering if that's not something that could be revived successfully now. I wonder when that... Um, fundraising campaign what, happened. Gill transplants? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I wonder when, like they they proposed turning it into an artificial reef, because I feel like now people would be very receptive to that. Whereas yeah. a few years ago, when we were so blithe, we were like, no. I would for real like some gill transplants and to just live in there. That's my dream. Uh, I don't think I could live underwater Reverse, even with gills. Reverse Little Mermaid. I'd be so pruny. <laughs> No, you wouldn't because you live no. underwater. Right. And then you would get pruny fingers <laughs> and you'd have to deal with that feeling of the thirsty skin, even though it's in, it's just terrible. I Maybe do you'd it. put sand on your body. <laughs> it's like opposite world. I need gills and scales to make this work. It's way too much work. Guys, I wanted to talk about one more news item before we move on. And this was, I think this came out a week. I think I read this on the train coming back from night call last week. Uh, but there was a big article in the New York Times about Peter Max, the uh, the commercial artist of the 60s and 70s, the, the premier commercial artist of the 60s and 70s, um, and how he now has dementia and uh, his children have basically like complete like they've completely tried to buy off his legacy he, they are having him sign art that he did not make so they well, can wait, sell wait. it on cruise ships hold up it's his son adam and two business associates are doing that his daughter libra is like libra. on his, he, that she's on his side libra yeah. oh yeah Libra's it's not the it's a truth here <laughs> is this king yeah, lear there's like cosmo yes. and yes it is it's yeah. ki- it's king lear with with uh with op art <laughs> so first of all, I clicked on this because I was so curious because in my neighborhood in Brooklyn, there is a silver Jaguar that has a New York license plate that's always parked on the street somewhere around me that says Peter Max. It's like a vanity plate Ooh. that says Peter Max. And I've always been like, does Peter Max live in my neighborhood and in, in Brooklyn? And then I, so I immediately opened it up and I was like, okay, what's going on with Peter Max? What's going on in, in the, you know, not at all glamorous corner of Park Slope in which I, which I live. But apparently whoever has that car has nothing to do with, or at least is not uh, associated with his studio, which is all on the Upper West Side, because of course it is. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's a it's a it's a wild story. It also just like I don't know. You There's guys a part have been about how cruises, they tried to right? pl- 
They tried to poison him with Brazil nuts. Okay, so wait. Guys, I went really deep on this. Let me just oh, say. Oh, great. There's so <laughs> many. Well, I just, I took a lot of notes on this story because I was like, there's a, everyone is a villain in this story. There's except a lot Libra. of yes. Let's and, just be real. Right, and Peter Max. Well, Peter Max is not a villain, but he's not he a kind good guy. Of, yeah. Oh, well, he's a sellout, it. and then he tried to, he like, you know, basically pled guilty to tax evasion. Well, that's and whatever. after that. Well, how is he a sellout? Oh, because he was, so he was an artist who very quickly was, you know, he was kind of like, kind of counterculture in the beginning. He's the last episode beginning. of Mad Men. Exactly. He's like, he's exactly. like what Don Draper is dreaming of when he, when right, he right, right. like is meditating at us. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was like one of the first of that wave <laughs> right. to just be like, I'm going to team up with the CEO of Chrysler. I'm okay, going to, gotcha. you know, sell, I'm going to do like advertisements. Okay. That's going to be my thing. And then he became really into spending his money. So when he divorced his first wife, he was like, I will just build a staircase connecting my apartment and the adjacent apartment so we can le- lead separate lives but co-parent our children. It's like it's nothing just like terrible. Tim Helena Bonham Carter. Just, yeah. Just a rich. <laughs> he just, was just he, a rich dick. He just became a kind of a rich dick. So then he has two children, Adam and Libra. And Libra, I guess he, you know, Peter Max is like an animal rights activist and stuff. Libra kind of inherited that, moved to L.A., was doing that, wasn't super involved in the business, even though she and Adam and Peter were all running the company. So Libra didn't really have much to do with it. Adam, you know, eventually Peter Max got Alzheimer's and became unable to really, you know, do his art or even kind of function at these events that he was going to, most of which were on cruise lines where people would get drunk and bid on Peter Max paintings. So his son at some point kind of basically put the studio on lockdown so nobody could see what was going on inside and then had all of these minimum wage workers making like replica Peter Max paintings. And then he would have his dad come in and sign them. But then, you know, I guess Peter Max is I'm not sure if he's still married to her, but his second wife, Mary, um, started accusing Adam of, you know, basically kidnapping Peter Max because they couldn't find him, couldn't contact him. And so all of the court records are cited in the New York Times investigation. And that's where the poisoning by Brazil nut comes in. So Adam is like, hey, it's not just me here who is being abusive to my dad. Look at my mom. She is making him smoothies where she puts in whole Brazil nuts, hoping that he'll choke. Apparently, she was recorded talking to someone about hiring a guy to, like, intimidate Peter Max and, you know, break his hand so he wouldn't be able to paint. It's this whole it's so big crazy. mess. It feels like there's a lot of stories like this recently about elder abuse with, yes. uh, famous, with famous people. people. Yeah. There's a Stan Lee one, and the guy just got convicted. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I, I was following that, that for a while as well. Um, yeah. It's 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 some dark stuff. I the just report- like okay. the idea of the the Norwegian. Isn't it like a Norwegian cruise yes. line that's like a Peter Max themed boat? Like a picture oh, of it. Right. It's just like yeah. It's <laughs> it just sounds like. Part of me is like, would I want to be on that? And then I'm like, no, absolutely not. And then when it's just filled with all this like forged art that like some old man with right. dementia has well, been yeah. forced like at gunpoint basically to sign. It's right. just like, oh god, it's so dark. All of it. It's like velvet buzzsaw. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I feel like there's so much creepy bullshit in the regular art world though mm-hmm. too. You know what I mean? I'm but like, none well, of it's every this, like baroque. I feel. No, but every big artist has, like, an army of, like, underpaid, you know, lower-tier people fabricating all the art right. for them. Like, I think they don't make any of the art they ever. They tried they to kind of be like, Damien Hurst. It's like people build 
build art for artists who dictate how to do it, but then this is like too many degrees of separation even for, for yeah. that realm. Yes, if you're not even conscious of, of making the art, then I don't know. That's yes. something else. I don't know. It's, well, it's a pretty wild story. Uh, the new uh, Katy Perry video for Never Really Over is very Peter Max-ish. Oh, yeah? It's yeah. all, like, kind of looks like a paisley scarf with it's, faces in it? It's very, <laughs> like, the co- like the Coke commercial from The Last Madman that we were just talking about. Yeah. It's very, like, 70s, early 70s, late 60s. Also, the song is good. Speaking of pop stars, yes, I flew on a very special UFO <gasps> to England mm. uh, where I saw the new Black Mirror episode that nobody has seen yet well Um, not as of this recording not nobody but it's now out which means everybody can talk about it but it means i'm you know projecting this to you from from before you've seen the black mirror episode is what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) what i'm saying is i've seen this black mirror episode that is now Uh, out on netflix (laughs) that is now out on netflix and you can watch too it is called rachel jack and ashley too and it stars Miley Cyrus as a pop star named Ashley O. And this will be another Black Mirror episode that people will be like, how did this predict exactly what is happening right this moment? Uh, because it does eerily touch on some issues of many things we were just talking about in terms of like ownership, creative ownership, who profits off of an artist, uh, especially one that has a lot of people profiting off of them and a motive in continuing making that person continue to work. Uh, So uh, Miley plays Ashley O and the best thing, one of the many good things about this episode, which is very night call bait E is that um, she sings a pop song that is head like a hole by nine inch nails <laughs> with new lyrics that are hannah montana e like, oh a, i thought she just did a cover of head like a hole <laughs> no it's so much better than that it's like they show her singing the song and i was like what is this song it's so catchy and also familiar they play it in the in the trailer right maybe yeah I think. um i've had it and i've had it in my head since then and i like couldn't share it with anybody mm-hmm. but it's like i'm all it's called on a roll I'm on a roll, I'm taking control, doing my best, achieving my goals. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, And they play it a million times in the episode, and it's really good. Uh, This episode touches on, yeah, many things we all talk about uh, in terms of... Pop Wait. Stars. So, what's the pre- like? What happens? What what happens to her in the story without the premise, spoiling too much of it? Sure. Without spoiling too much, it's a dual narrative about Ashley O and a teenage girl who is her fan, mm-hmm. and so it's mostly from the point of view of the girl who's the fan. But it's about Ashley is about to turn twenty five, and that is when she gains control of her business, basically. Mm. And she has an aunt who has a conservatorship, and. She, uh, the aunt maybe is being manipulative of her to try and ensure that the money never stops. Mm-hmm. Dang, this sounds, it sounds good. I miss Black Mirror. I've been like <laughs> really, after Bandersnatch, I thought that they were going to release the next three episodes like right away. 
And I was just kind of tapping my fingers. This one's really good. I cried at the end. Uh, <laughs> but it's also, without spoiling too much, it's maybe not as depressing as some Black Mirrors. If you're mm-hmm. a person who doesn't like to watch Black Mirror because you find it too depressing. The too depressing Black Mirrors are difficult. I think this is not that one. Um, it's very good. It is funny also. But it also concerns a robot, a home robot called Ashley 2. It's the titular Ashley too. Which so is they that they make an AI of her basically, yeah, or something make, like that, like to continue to be able to make money off of her. Is that the basic premise of it? Or it's like they make an AI of her. Yes, they. That's the basic premise. They make an AI of her by like scanning her consciousness right. and putting it in like a little Alexa home robot that's in like this little Wally that like sits yeah. on your desk and is like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Hey, talk to me about your feelings um, oh in Miley's voice. <laughs> well, like this is even happening now, though. Like this was happening a couple years ago. Like I feel like um, I, I feel like who was it who gave an interview about this after being in a Marvel movie where they were like, um, oh, I realized that now my entire body and likeness has been scanned by Marvel and Disney and therefore, and it is it belongs to them. Like this was a part of the contract because they had to, you know, make a, a, a digital recreation right, of me for effects. Right, they own your likeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they I own was... your likeness, and and they can essentially make anything with that likeness. They can simulate your, you know, they can do the Princess Leia thing from uh, from the end of Rogue One or whatever. They can they can you know generate a new you. Uh, yeah, so that that is extremely what this is about, yeah. and the fact that it stars Miley makes it also kind of like it's very meta but not yeah. annoying it's funny and good and I'm excited for everybody else to see it um <clears throat> this segues seamlessly into our discussion of a movie we all watched called Simone I would say Sim- we watched Simone because of this we watched Simone Probably. because of this I did not remember, though, that while I was looking at the trivia for Simone and one of the things about it was that they were planning to market it as that they had generated the first AI actress. And Mm. then it was right around the same time as the Final Fantasy movie, Mm -hmm. you know, when they were like, we're going to make CGI movies with entirely CGI people. Yeah. And... SAG got so mad about it. Bless the Screen Actors Guild. I am a member of this great force that I love. SAG (laughs) was legit concerned about actors being replaced with CGI. And so they forced like Simone to say like, no, this is a real actress playing this part, which it obviously is because it's not at all believable as CGI. Yeah. What do you think of Simone? Oh, my God. Well, I saw this movie in theaters when it came out. I think that they were really pushing that it was like, oh, it's the guy who did Gattaca. So it's going to be like fun, but also like a thinking person's sci-fi thing. And it is very much like a, it's totally a Black Mirror episode before there was Black Mirror. Like Right, the, like the, what it's about is interesting. Right. And it's, the hilarious thing is that it was not well received at the time. And I think that that's probably due to the fact that it's not a very good movie. But a lot of the a lot of the reviews are just cite that it's so far fetched or it could never happen and blah 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 blah. Well, and that's it's just not like, the problem with no, it at all. No, <laughs> the script is really bad. The script is really bad. Uh, the tone is super weird. The makes tone no is sense. very strange, uh, but not in like a fun way. It made me appreciate Under the Silver Lake. Right. Yes. No, there have been a ton of movies recently where I've been like Under the Silver Lake. Actually, like, at least one of the... it gave me a yeah. feeling. Yeah. Right. Well, it um, tries to dip into satire every now and then, and just like 
cannot nail it like a combination of just like i i don't know it feels like sometimes al pacino might not be fully present in the role and then uh, i i can't blame pacino he was so game for this like he he was working with a green screen for a lot of it doing a great (laughs) job there i feel like everyone who made it thought they were making a really important movie yeah and I I was also shocked to realize it came out in 2002. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it looks... that explained everything to me because yeah. I was like, this movie takes place in the 1999 future. Yeah, that then like wasn't going to happen after in the 9/11 world. It's got those uh, marimbas. It's got that kind of pseudo American beauty score, which is very. You know what it totally <laughs> reminded me of is Paul Simon's The Rhythm of the Saints. This like slightly embarrassing, <laughs> slightly like, very embarrassing, like white man on the drums kind of. It was just like I will say. Let me say it always. Fuck Paul Simon. I can't. <laughs> uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's so emotionally attached He's a bad to man. Graceland. I know. We're too. Two out of three for Paul, Paul Simon, unfortunately, on oh, this podcast. Oh, come on. Team, Sorry, Molly. Team Los Lobos. <laughs> I think what is really tragic about Simone is that I love The Truman Show so much. I think we all like The Truman Show. We all like the Truman, the Truman Show. Show. And Andrew and Nichol again, wrote, co-wrote The Truman Show. So it's And like, that was actually his first movie that he wanted to get made. And then mm-hmm. they were like, we're not going to give you $80 million to right. make your and first movie. Peter so it turned Weir. out to Peter be Weir knocked Peter it out Weir. of the park. He did yeah. a very Genius. good job No, he it. did great. Yeah. That, he, that's what's interesting Peter Weir's so this. much better of a director, it turns out. If Simone had had Peter Weir, I think maybe he could have spun gold out of it. I think that there's something about the, you know, Pacino's character, uh, what's his name? Victor Taransky. Victor Taransky. They say his name so often. How could so you forget? Often. <laughs> I like, wiped it. Dad, you're was... Victor Taransky. <laughs> they say it but a million this times. This is Victor Taransky's. The film. most interesting thing about this movie is all the weird people in it. Yeah, uh, cast Evan, yeah. Ra- Evan Rachel Wood plays the daughter, which yeah. means Laney. it takes place in the Westworld universe, which makes perfect yes. sense. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jay Moore is the hot-headed leading man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jay Moore is so such a funny. weird choice in this movie. <laughs> uh, and then Winona Ryder at the beginning playing the actress, the bitchy actress who storms off set, creating the need for a CGI actress. Her, and name, her name is Nicola Anders. <laughs> and reminder, this movie was made by Andrew, Andrew Nichol. <laughs> yeah. Woof, Simone, y'all. Uh, Simone. The crazy thing, did you guys notice? So, so, so Nicola Anders, you know, she's she's sort of the impetus for this whole thing of him being like, what if there was a woman I could control from beginning to end of the of the promotion and the production and everything? Uh, and then she, after kind of realizing that she lost out on this major chance to become a star like Simone. Nicola Anders comes back with her tail between her legs, like dressed like a serious theater person in like a black turtleneck and 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 like a Lilith style haircut, um, or like updo or whatever. And um, uh, she does a audition for a scene that I swear to God, and I will go back and check this. I should have done that before this, but I'm pretty sure is almost word for word the audition scene from Mulholland Drive. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. It, it, that also checks out. <laughs> yeah. Which is like one year before, but it's like, it's like uh, you know, both of them end with, I wish you were dead. I wish we were both dead. And I was like, I know this scene. Oh, right. It's that <laughs> other audition scene from that other movie from the same that weird era. That is wild. Yeah. I, don't I know. mean, there's a lot of like Easter eggs and stuff like that in this movie, but that did not make me like it. 
that's normally something that can buoy me. And also just the funny, the only funny parts are Simone's um, movies and their titles. Right. Including Sunrise, Sunset, Eternity Forever. And my favorite one, her art film, I Am Pig. Which, like, I just want to watch I Am Pig. Well, so it's just her eating out of a trough with pigs, and that's all it is. Well, we should back up slightly just to, like, explain what specifically this movie is about, which is that this director, Victor Taransky, want, you know, as we said, like, he wishes he could have an actress he could truly control. So he gets this drive from this crazy scientist who conveniently is dying, like, the next day. Who's Christopher day. Maloney, right? No. No? It's not. No. No. Cut Elias Kateas. Cut it. Oh, it, Elias Kateas, very similar. Yeah. yeah. Um, Don't cut it. It's part of Peter, the show. <laughs> my husband was like, was like, how many, and what, we went on this whole tangent, but he was like, how many roles do you think that both he and and Chris Maloney were up for, and it like was this big. Do they hate each other? We were talking about that. We were like, oh no, we have to go back to watching Simone. We have to stop talking about this. I watch watched Simone. I watched Simone in three sittings. I usually try to just like cruise through things, and I couldn't. I took a nap in the middle of it. Um, but it puts you to sleep. It does. It does. It's really it's, it does. the middle really lags. But he gets this technology simulation one, which he renames <laughs> Simone, uh, and. Uh, and then we kind of yada yada through how he actually gets her to be in his movie. I will say that his movies that he makes are very funny in a kind of late 90s way. Like the the way that they like parody what the movie thinks is like an art film. Oh, totally. Is, like it's pretty funny. Like there's so there's one that's called Sunrise Sunset and it feels like I don't know is it supposed to take place in like 17th century Portugal or something like that. All of it has like like Gregorian chant music they in the background. They all star Jay Moore. They all yeah. star yeah. Jay Moore and this woman that Andrew Nicole end up, ended up marrying apparently. Yeah, that is the craziest um, yeah. part of Simone is finding out that he married the actress who plays Simone. Rachel Roberts. Did she Talk ever do anything Rachel else? Roberts. Yes. She was a biotherm model. She was on Mad Men and I think CSI. She's been in stuff. She's been in a lot of stuff. And then she was also in the music video for Bitch Better Have My Money. That is oh. correct. She has, she's the wife. Yeah. Um, Mads, Mads's wife. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he basically has to keep up this ruse because he couldn't just, like, tell his his, produ- his, his producer slash ex-wife is played by Catherine Keener. We all love Catherine Keener. Wonderful presence to have in a, even a movie like this. Uh, but she, for some reason, because it's a movie, he has to keep this from her. And he's Simone. Well, yes. his, he yeah, plays so he's her. Simone and he uses, he has a special Simone keyboard. Is, let's, let's clarify. Simone yeah. is not sentient. Yes, no. She's not a Hal. No, no, she's no. not a Hal. It's she's, Taransky. She's slash not a weird scientist. Sitting in front of a screen with her CGI face, and he, and she repeats using the voices, canned voices of actresses of the golden age of cinema or mm-hmm. whatever. And to mimic what he has a mimic button. Mm-hmm. He has a special keyboard. I also was like, I just want to know about this keyboard. There's like a mimic button, like an a loop button. So it's like eventually it's just, just an by, audio editing button. But just yeah. by using his magical keyboard, he he, you know, everybody's responding to Simone, even though Taransky's movies are really bad. And they're just like, it doesn't matter. Put her in anything. So then he like has her ascend as a pop star and she's giving concerts as a hologram. And everyone's like weeping because it's so beautiful. But then he becomes like afraid of her success and kind of tries to like destroy her career by having her do I Am Pig and like smoking and drinking wine in like, you know, streamed (laughs) interviews. 
And everyone's just like, look at Simone. She's so three-dimensional. She's so real. And now, she kind of, he has her kind of imply that she's like dating Taransky to make Catherine Keener jealous. Yeah. The one thing that I think maybe ages the least well in this movie, and you could take your pick of a lot of things, but I do think that the thing that I feel like if this was a black mirror and if this was made, if this premise was done now, the trajectory of her public approval would be so much different. It's a very 90s thing and it's a very monoculture thing to have this star, this like fictional star that everybody has the exact same opinion about. Everybody from the producer who's producing the movie that she's in to like these, you know, sleazy guys who were one of them who's Jason Schwartzman who's like trying to get the inside scoop on who Simone is. They all are just like universally adoring of her. And that feels very that feels very pre-internet. That feels very and but even even like I think even though pre-internet you would have you would have a backlash at some point over somebody like that. It this would... also wasn't pre-internet also because Evan Rachel Wood's character is like right. constantly being chided <laughs> for being computers. on chat or AIM or whatever. She loves computers. <laughs> Gamer and she's girl. reading about Pygmalion of course. I mean it's like it's yeah, so It's so on the nose all of it. It's so on the nose <laughs> and it's and it really doesn't have like almost any humor. No, it's because he's like fundamentally unsympathetic, I think is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's a horrible, but it's like under the Silver Lake. It's like women are objects. What if you could just make an object and tell it whatever to do, whatever you want? Oh, you're still unsatisfied? Like that could be a really interesting arc, but the way they do it as like. Yeah. I don't know. It's like Pacino can't save it because it's like, it's like Studio 60 on the Sunset Mm -hmm. Strip. You're like, I fundamentally can't care about like, a rich asshole unless there's some sort of like humbling well yeah. also there unless you he know, gets like Scrooge you know early on that there's really no possibility that Simone will like attain the ability to to kind of differentiate like she's never gonna go rogue as like a robot might in a more interesting right. movie this is why the Black Mirror is good because uh-huh. it's all of these things uh, and more yeah I think it's an interesting artifact that at least shows that we were thinking about these things before they came to pass and also that, like, apparently people deemed them to be completely unbelievable at the time. But, like, the the mimic thing, I mean, it yada yada is all the tech because it doesn't, you know, obviously nobody knew how that was going to work. But, like, all that stuff is very, very, like, plausible now. You could, he it's could all real. We have, like, we have hologram pop stars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have uh, um, we have uh, Hatsune Miku. We have like people go paying money to go see a hologram perform. Oh, um, actually, the hologram theater on Hollywood oh. Boulevard closed, Ooh. Um, which was yes. one of the creepiest things ever. It, Emily was was going to you just. I went it. there. Yeah, I re- I heard about this on Who Weekly. Shout out to Who Weekly, Alki David um, got busted for trying to transport all these. Uh, marijuana plants like something like several million dollars worth of marijuana plants to um, the Bahamas or like Turks and Caicos or something I can't remember this is the person who runs the hologram <laughs> this is a person also? who ran the hologram theater owned oh. the company that had um, did like the Michael Jackson hologram and everything he's oh, well, a that checks out. maniac a total maniac well, but the yeah the hologram theater always seemed so fucked up to me because it only had three performers like yeah. I would go by and like see it all the time and I talked to the people who worked there once because I could sense it wasn't long for this world mm-hmm. and they were like nobody comes uh, but sometimes kids come to see the Tupac show ha. but it only had three performers and it was Tupac Billie Holiday 
and Jackie Wilson, Weird. who are all like black performers who died in tragic ways, right. which like seemed incredibly just fucked up. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you're profiting off a hologram of like this person. Also, the like, Billy Holiday thing is so bizarre. I don't know. Like, like uh, of all. Because those are the people they could get the rights to. Nobody yeah, else would sell, sell off yeah. the Yeah, they couldn't get the Whitney rights. one. They wanted the no. Whitney one so bad. That was what was so sad about it. It was people who like maybe did need the money, like someone from like Billy Holiday's estate or whatever, but it's still like it's so fucked up, like forced to perform for each Eternity, yeah, like such a black mirror thing. Ugh. So it's also interesting that it failed. Maybe he just because he went bankrupt, but maybe just it didn't seem like anyone ever went there. I think there just wasn't as much of a market for it as people thought. Well, yeah. people like are Simone. interested in people are interested in a hologram right now popping up as like a novelty in the middle of like an award show or Coachella or something. But I don't even think now if you did that, anybody would care. But at the time, it was like nobody knew that we could do a hologram Tupac. So when that happened at Coachella, everybody was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is so uncanny. But like if, if it's the main event, if it's something that yeah. you're going and expecting and you expect a certain level of performance I use well, like heavy also, scare quotes and, yeah I don't know it's uncanny if it's somebody who's a real person and who's dead you know right. if it's somebody who's like an alive person and they want to perform with a hologram of themselves or whatever or <laughs> that send sounds out dope a, or <laughs> yeah, send out a hologram to perform in places simultaneously which is one of the things on the black mirror they talk about uh. um, like that in a certain way as long as the person is consenting to do that but that's what you're saying about selling right. off your likeness um, yeah it's super weird. Like, I, I think that some, there's something somewhat reassuring, even though, like, it would be fully predictable. But if everybody had truly gone wild for hologram fever, yeah, I'd, I'd be kind of like, what are, what, what are we doing no, right it's now? Like it's the, so it's ghoulish like the, and weird. It's like, like the swan. It's like we pulled back from the precipice right. of, like, full yeah. evil. We were like, right. just because we can do something awful doesn't mean we have to. But that's kind of why Simone sucked so bad. <laughs> is because there's no con like there's no bad consequence for a hologram or an AI robot. Like Simone's image wasn't lifted from anyone else. Right. right. It was just fabricated. Yeah. Like what- Hatsune Miko is fine because she is totally fictional. Like, right. But again, that brings you into weird issues of I mean it's like slightly unsettling but with Truman Show what was really interesting about Truman Show was that it had like a heart and it had someone who was like victimized by this culture and with Simone the stakes were so low right I mean the worst that could happen is a bad director who was who didn't have talent who didn't have much of like a sympathetic streak to him but also he wasn't just gets he would just like out. lose his contract or something yeah, they like play right. the sad strings and he's like well this is it this is the end of my career it's like good i don't know good. like good <laughs> and that's why it's strange as you would think that for a, especially for a comedy you would like, think that there should be these gigantic stakes where you're just like wow how ridiculous like it could all go wrong it could be so terrible but the worst thing that could happen isn't bad at all well that's categorized as a satire and I just don't think it's sharp enough as a satire. Like I think it should be about because you can have an unlikable protagonist (laughs) like him that we legitimately don't care about and we want to see the worst happen to him. We delight in his misfortune, but like it doesn't ever really lean hard enough into that. It and there's nobody else that like to kind of counteract his like kind of boring sleaziness. There's nothing else going on other than that. So we would like his daughter to direct a movie. Sure. Oh, man. It should be about, like, a really unattractive woman who makes a CGI avatar. 
yeah. and tricks everybody like the best Cyrano actress. De Bergerac. Yeah. Exactly. Cyr- Simone de Bergerac. <laughs> that's, Simone a, de Bergerac. that's a very good idea. Um, well, um, b- before we go, I wanted to talk very briefly about giant monsters because the Godzilla King of the Monsters just came out. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it. I actually liked the last American Godzilla movie pretty well, which I guess is a controversial opinion to have because Godzilla doesn't show up in it for so long. So pe- some people got mad because n- no sea monster want to see big monster go boom, I guess, like faster <laughs> in the movie. Um, but I think it's pretty good. Uh, and so I was eager to see how this one Is turned that a out. found footage one? No, no, it's a Fukushima one. It's like a, it's got, but it's like an English, it's like a mostly English-speaking cast. Um, our boy Ken Watanabe is in it. Brian Cranston's in it. Uh, it's like they're like he, basically Godzilla comes back, but he like comes out of the 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 nuclear fallout of the 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 big uh, power plant or the nuclear plant uh, explosion in Japan from 2011. Um, well, the new Godzilla went to number one. Well, good. Awesome. Well, it's well, it's got all the monsters in it. It's got it's got Mothra. It's got King Ghidorah in it. Um, I just think all of these monsters are so adorable. So I'm always like kind They're of they're so adorable. For them. They're like a cutie <laughs> rogues gallery. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. We were kind of having a mini debate over big monsters, I guess, and 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 how interesting they are. Because I think Molly, you brought it up that. Uh, kaiju like the Godzilla monsters are all kind of just like big Pokemon <laughs> which is a yeah, very and then I was like, well, the Pokemon are like little Godzilla <laughs> yeah maybe so you know <laughs> um, um but I I don't know I feel like I saw somebody I can't remember who I've been staying away from reviews because I just want to see the movie but I saw somebody refer to Godzilla movies as religious films and I was like yeah that's right like they are it is about a divine punishment. Like that's that's what, what these movies well, are about. Well, it's what we deserve. Yes, it's always why it's what she deserves. She being it's what Earth. she deserves. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she being the people of Earth. It's yes. like she's Earth's. She Godzilla is a woman. Mm-hmm. Somebody on Twitter was like, "Well, it's not Godzilla." <laughs> that's how we know. Um, Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla is like the punishment for for fucking with science. Yeah, uh, Emily, who's your favorite of the Godzilla Rogues Gallery? Um, I like King Ghidorah a lot. I just, I don't know. He's real cute. But I love Godzilla. I just love plain old Godzilla. I love Godzilla's kind of thick. I love when Godzilla, <laughs> I love the atomic breath. I was saying to Tess, because I was like, you got to try a Godzilla film. And the last, one of the last Japanese Godzilla films, I think there was another one since then, but it, it came out in 2016, Shin Godzilla, or I think it's called like Godzilla Resurgence or something, but it's directed by Hideaki Anno, who did Neon Genesis Evangelion. So it's like great. It's hilarious, yeah. first of all. Um, and it's just like about infrastructure. It's just about like government bodies like malfunctioning while trying. It's like if Veep had Godzilla, basically. Um, and it's also got like it's got some really amazing. Um, what do they call them? Evolutions of Godzilla in it. Uh, Godzilla looks pretty normal at parts <laughs> in parts of the movie. Um, pretty small. I've started to rewatch um, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion just because it's coming out soon on Netflix, and I think that that is one of the best big monster uh, galleries. I guess. Um, yeah, nuclear big monsters are coming back. Yeah, there's something very powerful back. about them. Uh, My favorite. 
is Mothra. Yeah, Mothra is great. My mom's name is Martha, and so I think my dad nicknamed her Mothra at a certain point. <laughs> Solid reasoning. We have a Mothra poster, um, and yeah, I love Mothra just also because um, she's like a moth queen, and she has those cool yeah. attendants who work for her. Yeah, sing the song about her. I love the song. Oh my god! The, yeah, the the Mothra song is so good. I'll put it on a mix. Yeah, yeah. Please oh, do. speaking of which, please subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, patreon.com forward slash nightcall uh, at the $3 level if you would like to join and get access to our newsletters and mixes which we will be we delivering just, monthly they're so good you our guys, first the one out it's so great uh, you definitely don't want to miss out on this and it will come to you once a month with our newsletter but also give us a night call Give us a night call about kaiju or big monsters or about dome homes or about Peter Max or whatever. Or the moon. Yeah, or the moon. We're always taking moon content uh, at 1240-46-NIGHT. You can leave us a message there. You can give us an email at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on social media at Twitter at nightcallpod, Facebook at nightcallpodcast, and Instagram at nightcallpodcast. See you guys next week. Bye. See you on the moon. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.